0: Thank you.
1: Good morning, good morning, good
2: to have you all here. That day yesterday was just incredible, wasn't it? Beautiful day, able to get outside and enjoy today. It's not still warm, so can't complain about that. Welcome, good to have you. Uh, let's see we have a wave of announcements. If uh, you're joining us for the first time, please make sure and stop by the uh, Welcome Center out there. We have a gift bag we'd like to give you and just uh, welcome you to the service. And then if you're joining us online for the first time, sbtindy.org/connect. And let us know you're out there. It always is an encouragement for us when we know that you're out there. Tonight is the teen takeover service. Uh, always, always look forward to the teen takeover services. They're just such a blessing. So uh, tonight, the teenagers will be leading, singing, preaching, uh, doing special music, and, and it's always a joy. So uh, be here tonight to encourage them. Need some volunteers from missionary Jonathan Washer. Jonathan inside the lines, prison ministry. Uh, They're going to be at uh, Pendleton and playing basketball on Friday. So if you can help out, uh, you can either help out by playing basketball or you can help out with the paperwork side of that, whatever it is, the the meet and greet side. Uh, But any kind of volunteering that you're willing to do, if you would see either Jonathan or see Pastor Andrew, uh, we'll get that set up for you then Saturday. uh, There's a big soccer tournament going on. We've got that covered, I think. But... uh, uh, we're going to play soccer as well, so looking forward to uh, those things. Need some help with basketball at the last minute here. Uh, then we have some uh, Thanksgiving dinner with the teens and Golden Prayer Warriors coming up. That's next Sunday following this service. So if you haven't signed up, Golden Prayer Warriors, they need to know that you're coming. So they know how many to plan for. I think it's about 40 or so coming right now, uh, not counting the teenagers. So uh, it'll be a great time uh, Thanksgiving. It's really just an opportunity to fulfill what the Scripture says, which is for the older impact the younger that's what's supposed to happen but if you don't make time for that to happen it doesn't so uh, we're looking forward to uh, having that rubbing elbows of time there uh, taking place and then Christmas and Wanamaker is back they've reopened it and we're going to be doing that again uh, it is a Christmas parade they have booths and things set up uh, we need some help during that parade or during the booth time uh, you can if you say I don't really walk that well past John well, you can sit in the booth and just meet and greet people as they come by or, if you would like to join the parade and or you can do both, I but see Pastor Andrew, if you'd like to sign up for helping with that, that's always a great time. Our missionaries of the week are Josue and uh, Rebecca Ortiz in Mexico City. What an exciting ministry they have going. you know there's we have some missionaries that are just knocking it out of the park, and that is uh, Josue and Rebecca. Listen to this, so in church planting this year. Uh, they've already planted a church in the mountains of Mexico City. They're now looking to plant two more churches by the end of the year. Uh, and God has already sent the men to accomplish this uh, job, the preachers, so they're looking forward to getting that done. Host- the uh, Counseling Center has officially opened. Uh, if you know anything about biblical counseling, what that is is basically what you and I we call discipleship. It's taking the Bible and showing someone how to uh, how to live this life according to the Scripture. Uh, but uh, Josue is... Uh, uh, the center is now open, Josue is being certified by ABCB, and uh, or ACBC, I'll say it right. And uh, anyway, so they're excited about that. And then uh, it says, we are working with our lawyers for the purchase of a new building since we have outgrown our current space. That's what you always want to hear when it's missionaries, right? So uh, a lot of exciting things happening there. They would appreciate all of your prayers for that. Also this Saturday, if you would remember, uh christy james's family as they have the funeral for her brother uh they're here this weekend and um so our hearts are going out to them but uh, uh that's going to be down in george south carolina down in south carolina uh so if you would just uh, pray for them this weekend all right let's go to the lord in prayer and ask his blessings upon our time father it is our joy to be able to be here to sing your praises to lift you up and to be drawn to you We pray that everything that is said and done in this service bring glory to your name and that for a few moments we would just set aside all distractions and allow your word and your Holy Spirit to do a work that only you can accomplish in each and every one of our hearts and lives. And Father, we'll thank and praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: This morning, so we've done this a few times before. We'll sing there at the fountain. The choir will start. We'll turn to you and we'll kind of trade it back and forth as we sing together. There is a fountain. And thanks for joining with us with the choir this morning. We're going to be singing about that theme this morning. The Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. We're going to be singing about Jesus Christ's work on the cross for you, for me, to wash away our sins. First song we'll sing together this morning is Nothing But the Blood.
2: That's Holy Word. Hebrews
1: chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful
2: in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses, verily, was faithful in all his house, as a servant, for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ, as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope, firm unto the end. May the Lord sanctify us through his word. You
1: may be seated. Amen. Thank you, David. Great passage. We'll keep singing about that Christ that we read about and his work on the cross. Next song we'll sing is Calvary's Blood. I carry
0: a
3: Never left my side When the prayers that seem unanswered Feel the joy of my salvation Lead me to cover
2: Amen. Thank you, Ms. Rachel. That is powerful. We've had a great song service. Appreciate all the parts of it. Take your Bible and turn to the book of Joshua. So as we're looking at Joshua, you say, what that got to do with Calvary? Well, first of all, I don't schedule my sermons around the music, but um, more importantly, it has everything to do with it. If we have been through Calvary, if we have trusted Jesus Christ as our Savior, if we know we're on our way to heaven because... There's a God in heaven who loves us enough that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins, to pay for our sin debt. And we place our faith, our confidence, our trust in that Jesus to get us to heaven. Then that becomes our impetus, our desire to want to do more for the cause of Christ. That gives us a desire. Jesus, by the way, makes this very clear. Uh, We're not trying to repay a debt. Do you understand? How would we ever... Repay Calvary. So, we're not, we're not doing this because we owe God something. We're doing this because we love Him. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, it's legitimate that we owe God something. The Apostle Paul said, what? No, you're not. But you're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit which are God. But we're never going to repay this debt. But if you and I have been through Calvary then we have something to learn from Joshua today. I want to ask you this question. What is your spiritual goal right now? There's an old saying, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. <laughs> and that, I think, is part of the problem with our Christian walk, because we're not aiming at anything, teenager. What? What is our spiritual goal? What are, what are we trying to say, God, I want you to do this in my life? Now, you know, every year at camp, at revival, whatever, we start setting up some of those goals, right? Um and oh, I forgot the prayer the uh, reading thing for the, from the teenager. We've we'll to read one of those letters tonight, maybe. Anyway, so uh you know, the teenagers wrote those letters and one of them a couple weeks ago was, you know, we've we've made a decision to do better with our siblings. We've made a decision to uh put our phones away, we made decisions, all kinds of different things. Setting a goal, right? Setting a goal because we love the Lord. Well, I want to challenge you with a goal today. I, w- I want us to set some some uh, lofty goals for ourselves here so that God would accomplish great and mighty things in our, in our midst. So uh, here's we're going to be in Joshua chapter 1, but I'm going to read to you from Numbers chapter 32 first, and then we'll pray. Save, or except for Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, the son of Nun. But listen to what it says. For they have wholly followed the Lord. Wouldn't that be incredible? You get to the end of your life, and somebody's going to write something on your tombstone. Here lies John, who wholly followed the Lord. Wow. What does it take to be a Joshua, to be someone that the God of heaven describes this way? Joshua wholly followed the Lord. And I'm going to ask you to consider setting a lofty goal, spiritual goal. God, bring me to this place. How could I ever become... It's It's like David, right? They say, you know, about David, not they say, God says, that David is a man after God's own heart. Don't you want to be a man after God's own heart? Yes. Can we accomplish these things? Absolutely. Not in our power, not in our strength, right? But if the Lord is my strength and my delight, then I can let God begin to work. Well, we're going to look at Joshua's life and see what Joshua was that made it so that God could say, here's a man who wholly follows the Lord. Father, God help us today to love you enough to desire greater things in our lives. God, lead us to Calvary first, so that we would have the impetus, the passion needed to become a man, a woman, who wholly follows after you. And Father, we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray, amen. As we begin Joshua chapter 1, it's, uh, it's going to start where all of our Christian walk must begin. In Joshua chapter 1, God describes Joshua this way. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua the son of Nun, and look what it says. Moses what? Minister. In Exodus chapter 24, the Bible says this. And Moses rose up and his minister, Joshua. Uh, God describes Joshua again and again as Moses' minister. Jesus says something like this. If you want to be great in my kingdom... You must be the servant of all. In order to be great in God's case, it must start with a servant's heart. Do you and I have the heart of a servant? Now Joshua in particular, he like anchored himself to a servant of God. He's like, I'm going to serve God's servant. And he becomes a minister to Moses. As Moses is serving God, I'm going to make it easy for ...for Moses, or make it easier for Moses to serve God... ...because I'm going to do those other things that are out there. And, be, and he's known as Moses' minister. In, uh, uh, in numbers, I can't remember where it's at anyway. But uh, So Moses is standing there fighting the, the Amalekites, I believe it is. And Aaron has to hold up Moses' hand on one side... ...and Hur has to hold up Moses' hand on the other side. Say, what's that going to do with Joshua? Because you know what was happening... Joshua was leading a battle down there. Joshua is Moses' servant. He's there fighting the battle. And they'll win as long as Moses is holding his arms up to the Lord. They're winning the battle. But when his arms go down, then they're not. Joshua is Moses' servant. He is making it possible for Moses' ministry to take place. If you and I are going to be used by God, we must start right here. Let's go to your work for a moment. Who at your work would say they've got a servant's heart about you and I? Who is it? Wow, you know, if you want something done, that's the person to ask. If you need some help, that's the person to go to. They have the heart of a servant, not just not just the servant of Moses, but as Jesus, him, the servant of all. Right? They're out. There. They're always ready. Let's let's go to school for a moment. Who at your school would describe us that way? Right? That's a servant's heart there, right there. They, they have a servant's heart. They're willing. They're always willing to come alongside, to encourage and to help. They have that servant's heart. Let's go to your family for a moment. Let's go to my family for a moment. Would our families describe us as servants, as ones who have a servant's heart? Uh, I, I'm going to tell you, You know, I had a, a great example of this in, in my dad. My dad was just one of those people, right? If you needed something done, call my dad. Now, you can call my dad now as much as you want, but he's in, in heaven, so you're gonna, it's going to be a little bit of a commute. But, uh, but my dad would always show up. Dad, I, I need help cleaning out the gutters. Dad's, you know, 78. Okay. And he shows up with a ladder and he's going to help him. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter. Dad didn't ask what, what it was. He would always show up. He just had that servant's heart. And if you and I are going to be used by God, it starts with this concept of being a minister, but not just any kind of a minister. It says, uh, because of being a minister, God's going to give now Moses or Joshua a chance to go beyond. Take a look at verse two, Joshua chapter one, verse two. Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the land of the children, or even to the children of Israel. Every place of the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, and as I said unto Moses, God's going to say this several times to Joshua, as I was with Moses, as I said unto Moses, Joshua, you have now taken Moses' place. Because you were Moses' servant, I am going to use you in this way. And that might be a challenge for us sometimes. I, I kind of like being the second man, Pastor John, I don't want to become the Joshua in that aspect. Uh, but uh, this is what God does. God uses Joshua beyond what he even thought. Uh, verse 4 says, For the wilderness of this Lebanon, even unto the great river Euphrates; great river, of river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before you. Why is God honoring Joshua this way? So far, so far, what we've seen is this. Joshua was a servant. And God says, now, Joshua, no one will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. What a great promise. You want to get to that promise? It starts with being a servant. It starts, Lord, use me. Lord, let me serve. That concept. Are you and I servants of God? Well, not only was was, uh, Joshua a great servant, but he was a great servant who trusted the Lord. Back in Numbers chapter 14, you don't have to turn there. In Numbers chapter 14, you know this story, right? Uh, Moses sends 12 men over to spy out the land, right? And you know the song, right? 12 men went to spy on Canaan, 10 were were bad and 2 were good. That was Joshua and Caleb. Joshua was one of those ones who said, I'm going to trust the Lord. And Joshua made some incredible statements. As, as they go over, and you know what? Joshua did not argue against the report that was given. The report was accurate. There are giants in the land. Yes, there are. We're outnumbered. Yes, we are. We're not prepared as an army to go do this. You're absolutely right. Joshua didn't argue with the, with the uh, report, but he did argue with the advice that the ten were giving. The ten were like, because we're outnumbered, because we're not ready for battle, because there are giants in the land, we should not go. But Joshua and Caleb said, because God is with us, we should go and trust God. And one of the things that Joshua is known for is his willingness to trust God when the odds are not on his side. We're going to see that again and again as we look at Joshua here. Uh, that Joshua is willing to trust God. Now, first it starts with Joshua willing to be a servant. Are you, are you a servant? And then as a servant, you've got to be willing to trust God. And Joshua, he, he's again and again. In fact, Joshua, as you get to the end of the book of Joshua, he says, "Choose you, he doesn't lose his servanthood and he doesn't lose his uh, trusting. He says, choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. Joshua's trusting God. He's got this servant's heart. If you and I want to be used by God, if we want to lead our families, if we want to go to work and school and have an impact, it starts by, first, being a servant. Secondly, we must be willing to trust God. In Numbers chapter 27, the Lord said unto Moses, Take thee Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit. Joshua is a Spirit-filled servant trusting God as he's going through life. Back in chapter 14, he's trusting God. In chapter 27, he's spirit-filled. Here's Joshua. He's, I am going to follow after the things of God. In Ephesians chapter 5, you and I are told to be filled with the Spirit. Be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And if you look through that filling of the Spirit right there, it's kind of wedged into all of this. It's, Submitting yourselves one to another. Husbands to the Lord. Wives to your husbands. Children to your kids. Employees, or children to your kids. Children to your parents. Uh, employees to, to your employers. It's, it's a life of submission. That's what spirit-filled looks like. It's a willingness to submit to God's authority in our lives and let God guide and let God lead and here's what we're seeing with Joshua. Are you and I in a position right now in our lives where God can lead us to being a Joshua? We are servants. Have we taken on that mantle of servanthood? We're consistently trusting the Lord and the things of our life. Are we trusting God? Are we being filled with the Spirit of God on a regular basis, daily basis, walking in the Spirit? Because if we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The Bible says. Are we doing this? This is what's going to lead us to a place where God could look at us and say, no one is going to be able to stand against you. Wherever you place your feet, that's where I'm going to be right with you, and I will never forsake you. Is this the the life we're leading? Don't you think that our families, that our church, that the friends that we have that our fellow employees and fellow students, don't you think they deserve from us? People who are willing to be joshuas That's the challenge here as we continue on. The Bible says that uh, he is to be of good courage. This is what it says in Joshua chapter 1. He says in verse verse 6, be strong and of good courage. In verse 7, only be thou strong and very courageous. And the reason that God is encouraging him to be strong and of good courage is for this reason. Look at the rest of verse 7 that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left. Listen, if you and I are going to be obedient to God, it does require being strong and of a good courage. Teenager, you're not going to get through this life weak and impotent. It's not going to happen. You're not going to be the soldier that God has called you to do if we're not willing to be strong and of a good courage. You're going to face at school, you're going to face at work challenges all the time. Somebody came up to me just this week and their work's policy about gender says something to this effect. We have now made it a fireable offense if you do not call people by the gender that they want to be called. The problem with that is that that people who who have not accepted their gender that comes, comes from God, are allowed to change how they want to be called at a whim. So today they may want this gender, and tomorrow they may want this How do you even accomplish that? I mean, I, I, I'm i just kind of a smart aleck. So what I would do is say, how's John today? John, John, are you going to the store, John? I, I would never use it, you know, I would just never use a, a a pronoun. I would just always use the first name that is given, you know. Uh, and then, if they want to be called by a different first name, I'd call them by the different first name. I don't really care about that. But, you know, I just wouldn't. Because what are you going to do? How do you protect yourself from that? Folks, it's, to, it's a battle out there. If we're not willing to be strong and of a good courage, we will never be able to not turn from the right hand or the left. And why do I care about that, Pastor John? Well, look at the end of the verse. That thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This was the joy of being a Joshua is that Joshua was able to enjoy the prospering of the Lord wherever he went because Joshua chose to be a servant who trusted God who was spirit-filled and who was of a good courage and that led him to a place where God said to him wherever your feet step I'm going to be right there with you and that's played out in the book of Joshua are we that kind of a that kind of a person are we of Good courage. In chapter 3, Joshua shows us another way of being good, of good courage. And Joshua arose, verse 1, early in the morning, and they were removed from Shatim, and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God your priest, uh, and the priests of the Levites bearing it, then you shall move, remove from your place and go after it, and there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that you may know the way which you must go, for you have not passed, look at what it says, for you have not passed this way heretofore. You know, sometimes God asks us to go places we've never been, to do things we've never done, to experience things we've never experienced. Sometimes what God is going to do is lead us to a place, through a direction we have never been. And at that moment, if we are not strong and of good courage, we will never get to verse 5, which says, And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. This is what it means to be a Joshua. Joshua. It means that we get to see God do wonders among us. For instance, what's about to happen is back, back when Moses led the children of Israel across the Red Sea, God parted the waters and they crossed. This time, God says, walk. And I'll part the waters as you walk. The impression that you get is that, like, there's the water. They're about to take a step. I mean, it's that impression that I'm going to part the waters as you are crossing. Can you imagine what it was like to see the power of God like that? To see God. God, Joshua says, God's going to do wonders among us. This is what it means to be a Joshua. It means that you're prosperous, that God is blessing. It means that you have the privilege of... Of seeing the mighty hand of God do something. Why? Because I chose the path of a servant who trusted God, who was spirit-filled, who would be courageous and obedient to my God. This is the Joshua that we're, that we're introduced to. You, of course, know, uh, you know that Joshua shows this courage, this obedience in the great fashion as we get over to Joshua chapter 5, or chapter, uh, yeah, five and 6. John chapter 5, verse 13, it says, And it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, they lifted up his eyes, and behold, and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with a, with a sword drawn in his hand. Now, first of all, you've got to take note of what's happening here. Joshua is seemingly, like, out in the woods by himself, and he looks over, and there is a soldier. And the idea of a soldier with a sword in his hand is that he is ready to battle. You understand? He's not at ease. He's not relaxed. His sword isn't put away. So for Joshua just to go over to the guy is pretty amazing. This is this, be strong and of good courage. And then Joshua says, are you for us or are you against us? Right? Are you, are you for us or are you for our adversaries? Which side are you on? I mean, it, it's a challenging statement from the very beginning as Joshua approaches this, this guy who is seemingly uh, you know, a, a um, powerful-looking soldier. We know that because then the Lord goes on and answers, says, "You know, I am the captain of the host." And the next thing that happens, take a look at this. In fact, it's really interesting what happens. It says, verse fourteen, and he said, "Nay, but as a captain of the Lord of hosts, I am now come." And Joshua fell on his face and did worship, and said unto him, "What saith my Lord unto his what's the word servant?" Joshua's promotion from Moses' minister to the leader of Israel did not change Joshua's perspective of who he was. He was a servant and always was. In fact, when we got over to Joshua chapter 24, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua was a servant from beginning to end. A servant who was able to see the wonders of, of the Lord. A servant who was able to know God's blessings and prospering. A servant who was willing to be of good courage and be obedient, and in this particular instance, to be obedient when it didn't make any sense whatsoever. I don't know about you. If I'm Joshua in this scenario, I know Joshua knows who this is. He knows is the Lord talking. But here's what he says. Uh, should we go and fight Jericho? Yes. Here's what I want you to do. March around it, come back again. March around again, do that for six days, then march around it seven times, and Joshua's just waiting. You know, when, when do the swords come out? And then blow the trumpets and shout. Right? I mean, this is, this is the answer. But what you do not see from Joshua, what you might have seen from your pastor is, uh, I think that I'll seek some more advice because I also know that a multitude of counselors... (laughs) But wait a minute. That is the ultimate counselor, right? This This is his captain speaking. And Joshua does not back away. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. But it might make a little sense if you just watched the waters part and you saw what God's done. It might make a little sense when you just watch what God did back at the Red Sea several years ago. It might make sense when for... Forty years, you've watched what God has been doing in the world. It might make a little more sense. Here's Joshua. He's like, God, I'm going to trust you yet again because I'm a servant. I'm a servant who's willing to trust the Lord. I'm a servant who's spirit-filled. I'm a servant who's courageous and of a good courage. And I'm going to be obedient. And you know the story. They march around. The walls come a-tumbling down. And we tell that story today with awe and wonder of the power of God, but we didn't get to see it, but Joshua was right there when it happened. How do I become a Joshua? God let me be a Joshua. It starts being a servant, trusting the Lord, spirit-filled, courageous, bold, of good courage, and obedient to the things that I know God has called me to do. And you and I can know what it's like to be a Joshua. Heads bowed, eyes closed, please. What spiritual goals have you set for yourself? Would you join your pastor in saying this prayer? Lord, make me a Joshua. Lord, I want to see your wonders. There's some walls in my life that need to come tumbling down. There's some walls built up in my family that need to come tumbling down. There are some rivers that I've got to cross, and I don't know how I'm going to make that happen, God. I need to trust you. I want to see the wonders of God in my life and in my ministry. I don't want to be content to just wander through my Christian walk. Lord, make me a Joshua. Your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. You say, Pastor, I'm not even certain I'm a Christian. This all started with leading us to Calvary. Calvary is our impetus. It's our desire, our reason for that desire. And if you've never trusted Jesus Christ your Savior, if you're not certain if you died today you'd go to heaven, this is where this journey begins. You cannot be a Joshua without first coming to Calvary. And if you say, Pastor John, I'm not certain that I'm a Christian. I'm concerned about my soul, about where we'd spend eternity. Please. Talk to someone that's here today. Give us the opportunity to show you how you can know that. It's pretty easy, really. The Bible says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. It is placing our faith, our confidence, our trust in what Christ did on the cross to be the payment for our sin. And I can say this with all confidence. God wants you to be saved because he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repent. So he does want you to be saved. The Christian, who has gone through Calvary, let's be reminded of Calvary, lest we forget. Let's be reminded of why it is that we would want to see the power of God in our lives. Of why it is that we would choose the role of a servant who trusts God who's spirit-filled, who's strong enough of good courage, who's obedient to the things of God. Pastor John, God has spoken to my heart. Maybe one or more of these things that describe Joshua, you say, Pastor, they're, they're not really describing me. It's not where I'm at. And I don't want to just wander through. I want God to do something in my life. And I want to ask God to make a Joshua of me. Pastor, that's my prayer. I'm joining you with it. Would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can pray for you? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hands across the place. Father, be with tender hearts. God, make Joshua's of the many that have raised their hand and many others that we would lead our families, that we would lead our congregation, that we would lead our places of work as we serve and trust and are bold and obedient. God, I pray that you would be each one, just raise your hand, just give them that courage today. We'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing together the way of the cross leads home. The altar's open to you. You step out and let the Lord have his way, would you? I must
0: needs go home.
2: if you know anything about the way I preach, you know that I don't preach the same sermon the first service. As I do I mean, it's the same sermon, but it's not the same sermon. I don't know how to tell you this. But, you know. but um, I ended three minutes early, first service, and it just now switched over. It was three minutes just 30 seconds ago. So I don't know how that happened. But anyway, there you go. Uh, so I'll let you out of here a little bit early. Lord bless you. Keep you. Make a space. Shine upon you. Give you peace. Don't forget the teen service tonight. God bless you. You are dismissed.